0: On this episode, you will learn that the fight you have as a believer has already been fixed for you to win. But you have to know something and add a relentless attitude to it, and then you will not be denied what is rightfully yours. The title deed is already in your name. Stay tuned. Life was bitter to the court. There was nothing to live for until love came. My name is Harold J. Perkins, and at the age of 17, I was selling drugs and on my way to an early grave. While sitting in my house with about 10 guys, God gave me an out-of-body experience, and I was lifted above the room. I could see everything moving in slow motion. After that, I got up and put those guys out, and I cried out to Jesus Christ. He came into my life with liberty and purpose, Then I ran into religion, and it has taken me over 40 years to navigate through religion to fully understand what came into me that day. This podcast is to help put you on a faster track than it took me to get through religion and experience life, liberty, and purpose on a higher level. So get ready. We're about to start a revolution. Again, welcome. I'm excited to talk about the good fight of faith on this episode. To win in this life with Jesus Christ, we will face opposition from the forces of darkness that are behind this evil world system. It's easy to see that God, a good God, is not running this evil world system. If we're going to go into this world system and not compromise our integrity and be successful while letting our light shine for Jesus Christ to be glorified, the ones behind this evil system will fight us. But 1 Timothy chapter 6 verse 12 says, it's a good fight of faith because we go into every battle with the victory because Jesus has already won for us. However, most believers don't know how to fight the good fight of faith. If they did, we see more believers winning in life. If the Almighty God is with us, there should be fruit or evidence to show he's with us. Now, he's with every believer in Jesus Christ, but the evidence he's with us comes through us winning in this good fight of faith. So we're going to talk about this fight of faith and equip you to win, to win as a parent, to win as a spouse, as an athlete, a business person, or whatever you want to be successful in. God wants to help you to succeed. I also want to say up front that Satan and the forces of darkness are no match for the believer that has learned how to fight the good fight of faith and is determined that they will not quit. One of the reasons that many believers don't win is because they quit. Our enemy is persistent and you have to be more persistent than him. And he uses people to get you off course. The Bible says that our battle is not with flesh and blood, but the forces of darkness that are using people. They want to get you to fight against people instead of using the authority you've been given over them. I'll get into their tactics and more, but let's get started in understanding this good fight of faith. The first thing that we need to know is what faith is. Let's let the Bible tell us what faith is. Hebrews 11.1 says this, now faith, is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. Now, listen to the amplified version of this same verse. Now, faith is the assurance, the title deed, the confirmation of things hoped for, things divinely guaranteed, and the evidence of things not seen, the conviction of their reality. Faith comprehends as real fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. Now, let's break this down. First, it says that faith is the title deed and the confirmation. If I have the title deed to a real estate property, I own the property even though I may not have physically taken possession of the property. This is what faith is. When I have faith in what the Bible says, I have the title deed to what God has said even though I may not have taken physical possession of it. For example, the Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24, by the stripes that Jesus took for us before he went to the cross, we were healed. To fight a good fight of faith is to agree you have the title deed to healing now, even though you may not have taken physical possession yet, you still feel the effects of sickness. But with your words, you say, I believe that I'm healed. Some may say, if I do that, I'm lying. Well, was Jesus lying in John chapter 16, verse 33? Listen to what he said. These things I have spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Now, Jesus did not actually overcome the world until he died on the cross, went to hell for three days and three nights, and then rose from the dead. When he said this here, he had not done that yet. So what was he doing here? He was fighting the good fight of faith. He knew his father, God, had already said he would rise from the dead after three days and three nights. He had the title deed already. It was now just a matter of time before the physical manifestation came. God cannot lie. So if you find what he has said in the Bible and believe it, it will come to pass. Now, it also says that faith is the confirmation. If you were to go online and make a reservation for a hotel room, they give you a confirmation number. Now, let's say that you're not going to travel to that hotel until another two weeks, but you have a confirmation number that tells you the room is yours now. Two weeks pass, and you travel to the hotel. When you go to the front desk to check in, the person at the front desk tells you that they don't have you booked. You then ask for the manager, and while the manager's coming, you go on your phone and you pull up the confirmation number. When the manager comes, you say with an attitude, Ma'am, I don't know what's going on with your system, but I have a confirmation number here and I want my room. The manager looks at the confirmation email that you showed them and says, I'm sorry, you do have a confirmation. Let's get you in your room. Now, when you fight the good fight of faith like this, you will take physical possession of everything you already have the confirmation number for. The Bible is full of confirmation numbers. For example, I read the scripture where Jesus said he has overcome the world. Well, at this time today, he has overcome the world for you and I. Listen to our confirmation number. I'm in Romans chapter four, verse 13. For the promise that he should be heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith, the world and everything in it belongs to the seed of Abraham, which is Jesus Christ. We are also the seed of Jesus Christ now. This is our confirmation number. But Satan got into the computer system of the hotel and deleted the confirmation number from the system and is trying to tell you, you don't have the room. You don't have the world. You have to pull out your confirmation number, which is Romans four thirteen, and say the world is mine. This is what I desire in the world, and I will not be denied. Is mine now? I may not physically possess it, but it is as good as mine now because I have the confirmation number. This is fighting the good fight of faith. This principle of faith is throughout the Bible, and most believers have missed this because they have not physically taken possession of what is rightfully theirs, they don't think they have it. So they act like they don't have it. They talk like they don't have it. And in doing so, they are not fighting the good fight of faith. Listen to this widow who recognized this fight of faith in Luke chapter 18, verses 1 through 8. And here's what it says. Jesus is about to tell a parable before he leaves the earth. And he spoke a parable unto them to this end that men should always pray and not faint, saying, there was in a city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in that city. And she came unto him, saying, avenge me of mine adversary. In other words, she said, give me what is rightfully mine. Verse four, and he would not for a while. But afterwards, he said within himself, though I fear not God, nor regarded man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. And the Lord said, hear what the unjust judge said, and shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the son of man comes, shall he find faith on the earth. Now, what made this lady's attitude, this widow's attitude like this? Because she had the confirmation number already. She knew what was rightfully hers. So this woman fought the good fight of faith. She knew what was legally hers, and she refused to be denied. Listen to Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 18. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Well, you don't need armor unless you're in a fight. Let's continue. Verse 12 for we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities against powers against the rulers of the darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness in high places now let me t- let me read that verse the way it should be read verse 12 again for we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against defeated principalities against defeated powers against defeated rulers of the darkness of this world against defeated spiritual wickedness in high places Therefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all, stand. So he's telling you when you've done everything you know to do, continue to stand because the enemy is persistent. You're going to be more persistent than him. Verse 14, stand therefore, having your loins girded about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness. In other words, you got to know the truth. The truth is the Bible. You got to know something. And then it says, have on the breastplate of righteousness. That breastplate of righteousness is by the blood of Jesus Christ. He has made you righteous. He has made you entitled to everything that a righteous person now is entitled to that is in one relationship with God. Verse 15, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. In other words, we should know something about this gospel and we should go with peace with it. Verse 16, above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And for me, that utterance may be given unto me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. Notice it says above all taking the shield of faith, The forces of darkness are constantly shooting darts to get you to not believe what God has said and to doubt he will do what you already have the title deed and the confirmation number to. But you have to stand your ground like the widow. Listen to Isaiah chapter 54 verse 17. No weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue that shall rise against you in judgment, you shall condemn. Notice it says, You shall condemn the voice. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, says the Lord. The forces of darkness will form weapons against you, but if you stand, they will not prosper. Notice it also says that what rises up against you, you have to condemn the voice. As I said before, Poverty is a voice. You have to condemn it with your voice. Sickness is a voice. Failure of any kind is a voice. In the face of it all, you have to say the opposite. That's what Jesus did. Listen to Matthew chapter 9, verses 18 through 26. While he spoke these things unto them, Jesus is speaking, behold, there came a certain ruler and worshiped him, saying, my daughter is even now dead. But come and lay your hands upon her, and she shall live. And Jesus arose and followed him, and so did his disciples. And behold, a woman which was diseased with an issue of blood twelve years, came behind him and touched the hem of his garment. For she had said within herself, notice she said it within herself, that if I may but touch the hem of his garment, I shall behold. But Jesus, after she touched him, and after she was healed, Jesus turned, and when he saw her, he said, Daughter, be of good comfort. Your faith has made you whole. Now put a it right here. If her faith made her whole, then your faith can make you whole. Let's continue. And the woman was made whole from that hour. And when Jesus came into the ruler's house and saw the people making a noise, he said unto them, Give place, for the maid is not dead. She sleeps. And they laughed him to scorn. They're laughing at Jesus. Verse 25. But when the people were put out, he put that unbelief out. He went in and took her by the hand. And the maid arose. She came back to life. And the fame thereof went abroad into all that land. Notice that in the face of death, Jesus said the opposite. She is not dead, but sleeps. He did not call her dead, even though she was dead. We have to do the same. Our words can change our circumstances, just like it did for Jesus and this woman here with the issue of blood. She said she would be healed if she touched the hem of his garment, and she was. The biggest problem with most believers is that they don't understand the power of words. They talk doubt and unbelief, they talk about their problems, their lack of money, their lack of faith, and don't know that they are adding to the problem with their words. I remember when I was struggling financially to provide for my family, but I never talked lack. I talked like I was rich and riches showed up. My words and my actions lined up with what I was saying, and it changed our lives. The same can happen with you. Fight the good fight of faith and speak victory in the face of defeat. Listen to 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. But thanks be to God who always leads us to triumph in Christ Jesus. Notice it says he always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus. Our title deed and confirmation number is God always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus. Not sometimes. If we don't quit, he always causes us to triumph in Christ. Listen to Isaiah chapter 40, verses 1 and 2. Comfort you, comfort you, my people, says the Lord speak you comfortable to Jerusalem, which is his church, and cry unto her that her warfare is accomplished, that her iniquity is pardoned, for she has received of the Lord's hand double for all of her sins. Now, how is it that God can always cause us to triumph? Because the warfare has already been accomplished. Jesus has already defeated all of our opposition. Fighting the good fight of faith is to say, I believe I have the victory now. I'll praise God like I have it now before I see any change. The world says that's foolishness, but in the kingdom of God, it's a powerful weapon. Listen to 2 Chronicles chapter 20. I'm going to start reading at verse 1. And it came to pass after this also, that the children of Mob and the children of Ammon, and with them others besides the Amorites, came against Jehoshaphat to battle. In other words, these three armies are coming against God's people. Verse 2. Then there came some that told Jehoshaphat the king, saying, There comes a great multitude against you from beyond the sea on this side, Syria, and behold, they be in Hazaron to Mar, which is in Judea. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. And Judah gathered themselves together to ask help of the Lord. Even out of all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. I'm going to drop down now to verse 12. And it says, "O our God, will you not judge them? For we have no might against this great company that comes against us. Neither know we what to do, but our eyes are upon you. And all Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones and their wives and their children. Then the Spirit of God comes on one of the priests. I'm going to drop down to verse 15. And he said, Hearken you all Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem, and you King Jehoshaphat. Thus says the Lord unto you, Be not afraid nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude. For the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, go you down against them. Behold, they come up by the cliff of Ziz and you shall find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jero. You shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourself, stand you still and see the salvation of the Lord with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow, go out against them for the Lord will be with you. And Jehoshaphat, the king, bowed his head with his face to the ground and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell before the Lord, worshiping the Lord and the Levites of the children of the Koratites and the children of the Korites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with a loud voice on high. Now notice nothing had changed when they began to praise and to worship God. Now listen to verse 20. And they rose early in the morning and went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem, believe in the Lord your God, so shall you be established. Believe his prophets, so shall you prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord, and that should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army, and to say, Praise the Lord, for his mercy endures forever. Now you say, how foolish is that? You're putting the praisers in front of the army. But look what happened. Verse 22. And when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushes against the children of Ammon and Mob and Mount Seir, which were come against Judah, and they were smitten. For the children of Ammon and Mob stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir, utterly to slay and destroy them. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, everyone helped to destroy another. And when Judah came toward the watchtower in the wilderness, they looked upon the multitude and behold, they were dead bodies fallen to the earth and none escaped. And when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away the spoil of them, they found among them in abundance, both riches with the dead bodies and precious jewels which they stripped off for themselves more than they could carry away. And they were three days in gathering of the spoil. It was so much. Before anything changed, they praised God. Why? Because they had received the title deed and the confirmation number. God said what he would do, and they believed him. The Bible is full of title deeds and confirmation numbers, but most don't know them because they don't read the Bible. This powerful story we just read really happened. This is how powerful our God is, but we have to do our part. Listen to 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 5. Though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ, the weapons of our warfare are mighty. Praise is a weapon. We just saw it in Second Chronicles chapter twenty, that as they praised, God went to work. Our voice is a weapon. With our voice, we are to cast down imaginations that Satan is bringing against our mind and through circumstances to say to us what we believe we have the title deed for and the confirmation number for is not so. But in the face of his lies, we have to say it is so. And we keep on saying it until it shows up in this physical world. We continue to act just like we would if we had the title deed to a real estate property, just like we would if we already had a confirmation number to a hotel. This is the good fight of faith. It's a good fight because we go into the fight with the victory already. Jesus, our champion, has already overcome for us. It's a fixed fight, folks. If we don't quit, we will see what is already ours. Let me say right here, if you don't know our living Savior, Jesus Christ, you can get to know him now. Pray this prayer with me. Say, God, I believe that you sent your Son, Jesus Christ, to die for my sins. Jesus, I accept you into my life as my Lord and my Savior. Help me to live this life. Thank you. That's it. It's that simple. If you believe what you just prayed, he has come in. Start reading the Bible for yourself. You can start in the book of St. John and in the book of Romans, and God will begin to show you his purpose for your life, and he'll begin to show himself unto you. Okay, we'll see you on the next episode. How you